This is 261 Fearless Voices, proudly presented by Bose, the podcast dedicated to fearless women around the world. Hello and welcome to the 261 Fearless Voices podcast. I'm your host, Juliette McGrattan. We're going to continue our journey around the world talking to fearless women with a trip to Yorkshire in England. And I'd like to introduce Joe Mosley. Joe has become part of the 261 Fearless Network through the Friends Programme. The 261 Fearless Friends Programme enables women who maybe don't have a 261 club near them to still be included in the network and to support the work of 261 Fearless through their membership. So welcome, Joe, and thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Very honoured. So, Joe, if you've heard any of the previous podcasts, um, you'll know that we usually get you to start by just introducing yourself and describing what you look like so we can picture you. Okay. Um, hello. Um, I'm 53. I'm five foot five. Um, I have blonde hair, mousy blonde hair with a few highlights, I must admit. Um, generally smiling. Um and that's about it, really. Sort of medium-y build, kind of chunky little legs. But apart from that, pretty normal. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Joe. Um, and Joe, I know um, that courage and fearlessness is something that you've had to deal with and, and get in your mm. life. And I just wondered, what does it actually mean to you? And can you define it for us? I think courage means knowing that something might be difficult or tricky or, or scary or fearful, but actually starting it, going ahead, doing it anyway, knowing that it's not necessarily going to be a walk in the park, but actually having the um, the wherewithal to start and to try and face whatever it is that's frightening you. Mm, and and what, what makes you a fearless woman? Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you might ask this question, because I think that I think I was probably born quite fearless. I was a little girl that used to, I was always in the sea, climbing trees, running about, doing things that were fearless. And then I lost it at various points in my life. I think I lost that fearlessness. Um, becoming a teenage girl, I think I just, I had real issues with how I looked, my body image, my self-esteem. I didn't particularly like what was on offer at school in terms of sports. So I lost a lot of that courage and it ebbed and flowed at different times in my life. It went up again in my twenties when I did lots of expedition-y things and adventure things. And then I lost it um, when, um, to say I lost it in my marriage is wrong, but um, motherhood, marriage, I had a couple of miscarriages, divorce. I sort of lost it again. And now I feel in my fifties, for a variety of reasons, one of which is coming back to sport and adventure, is I'm refinding it. I'm rediscovering it, um, and within me, um, what was the question? Does that answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've answered the question you know. perfectly. I was asking sort of what made you fearless, and I think that's interesting yeah. that you're sort of you know describing that it is something that can come and go, and that you can yeah. you can actually lose it. And and yeah. what's what you mentioned sport, but how have you rediscovered? your your fearlessness is there was there one moment that made you rediscover it um bizarrely I think it was when my mum died um and I had just I'd started um indoor rowing because I couldn't sleep 
And when my mum died, um, I found that I would go back to the rowing because it helped me sleep. It helped me kind of process everything that was going on. And as a result, I took on this huge um, fundraising challenge for Macmillan Cancer Support, um, where I rowed on an indoor rower a, a million meters in a marathon, which basically meant that for eight months, every other night, I rode 10,000 meters and then I rode a marathon um, five days before my 50th birthday and on the first anniversary of my mum's death. And I think when I stopped doing that and looked around, I thought, oh my gosh, I, this, I, I felt more me. I felt like I'd rediscovered through a really difficult situation, obviously losing my mum, but I'd rediscovered a part of me that had been forgotten and lost in all the different things that happen in life. Um, and, um, and really that was the starting point. And I then started to look at what else I could do and different other sports and basically came back to all the different things that I loved when I was younger. It's a, in a sort of circle, which started as with a negative, but in a way has turned into a positive. So good. Yeah. Good has come from, from that. Yeah. yeah. And, and has that, um, you mentioned activity as being, very much a, a big part of that yeah. um is it was it really just the rowing or you mentioned other activities that you've been doing that have helped you to to discover your fearlessness again um I, I rediscovered going how much I love being in by the sea and in the sea mm-hmm. um so I've gone back I've started bodyboarding paddleboarding um, outdoor swimming but also last year well actually at the beginning of 2017 I thought I'm going to start running because I never liked running running was just something other people did um, and I tried at various points I lived in America in the 80s and everybody was jogging and um, and so I tried it then and I didn't enjoy it then at all um, because I think I was doing it for all the wrong reasons I was doing it because I thought you had to because it I tried to be cool I tried to be trendy and and also it was all about losing weight at the time or if you do this you'll lose weight you'll look good etc etc but I'd learned from the rowing and the swimming and really just being people like you Juliet who you know on social media talk about the joy of it all and I was thinking god these people there must be something in this (laughs) there must be something that I just have missed I've missed that joy I don't get it and I've missed it so I tried and then I stopped um, doing couch to 5k because I hurt my I had a frozen shoulder and I carried on what I could do was walk so I walked and walked and walked and walked and then when my frozen shoulder sort of healed a bit, I thought, I'm going to try couch to 5K again. And I completed that just before Christmas. And since then, I've just loved it. So now I run um, in the hills where I live. I run by the coast when I go to the coast. And so sort of anything to do with being near or um, in the sea really are the things that really, really like, you know, bring my soul to life, I think, mm. is the word. Mm. And and has that um, that new uh, experiences that you have through being active has that impacted your life in general, your career, or how you feel uh, about things? Oh yes, um, I'm 53, so I've been going through the menopause. Um, but I think touch wood by good fortune or good judgment or whatever it is, and I don't really know which. I have been able to manage the symptoms of the menopause so much better because I've been active I, I really I really attribute it to to the to 
by taking care of myself by being outside, it helps me sleep. Um, I think I eat better. Exercise, I read more and more how it can help all the different symptoms. Um, and it keeps me, there's always a time when, you know, life can get on top of you and you're like a bit like, Ooh! and if I go out for a swim or I go for a run, which is, is simpler than going to the pool, I can just all that sort of stressiness when it all builds up on my shoulders. I, I'm looking after my boys on my own. All that sort of just kind of dissipates. I feel much calmer and my head just feels better. So I think it's definitely helped um my life and hopefully my son's life and I deal with my job better I deal with all the different things I need to do so much better so yeah and I have ideas for the future coming from um being active I recently qualified as a lifeguard so that's something that I want to pursue alongside my job and so yeah I think so much has come just from that simple simple step of just starting to do things really Mm, that's 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 fantastic. Mm. Um, and do you think um, that women generally are seen as the weaker sex? I mean, often often it is they're portrayed that way in yeah, yeah. The media and films and things. Or, yeah. or are, are they really more fearful than men? Mm, it's a good question. I think that certainly my generation. I was raised in the sixties, early seventies. I think we were told we were whether we were, whether we are or not. I don't know. But we were certainly told we were. And I think times are changing. And with so much that's been happening within the politics and culture and Hollywood, definitely, that we're all learning that actually um, some of the stories and the messages that we were given really didn't serve as well. And we are so much stronger than we thought. But also, I think at the same time, um, some of the strengths that women have traditionally and the things that we do, which are incredibly courageous, um, incredibly brave, they're just not framed as brave. You know, in pe- women in war-torn countries kind of holding families together, dealing with raising um, children on their own. These are things that women do day in and day out um, and yet have never been seen as framed or admired or respected in the way that physical strength might have been so I think there's two things going on and I think times are changing and so yeah hopefully the messages that we're being told or have been told will be will be sort of things of the past really and is there anything you think we can do to uh, to sort of change that that stereotype um I think it's just being true to who we are and being examples and showing people what we can do and just being the brave, honest women that we are, telling us and telling our stories as you're doing now, telling stories of what people do, whether they're 20, 30, 40, 50, even if you come to sport or come to your courage again in your 50s, by sharing that with other people, somebody might just say, wow, maybe I could do that. And that's what I've done when I see the stories on social media, when I look at what Catherine Spitz has done, done and think wow that's amazing that's inspired me to do it and we kind of pass that bravery around and that courage around and that inspiration so Mm. yeah I think just being ourselves really is the best way and raising our voices I think that storytelling element is 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 so true and you know you you can identify with it and and you know can make a change in, in your own life can't you yeah um and have you got any tips or words of advice for women who are feeling sort of fearful and want to become more more confident 
Um, I think the action cures fear. And I'm a terrible procrastinator. I overthink everything. I'm a perfectionist. I will always put something off because I think I can do it better tomorrow. But actually what I've learned is that the very first step is often the hardest. And once you get moving, once you get out the door, you put your trainers on, get out the door, today go for a walk, tomorrow walk a bit faster, that, that actually just starting is often the hardest. But once you do it, it becomes easier and it becomes like a virtuous circle. You do it and then you feel better about it and you do it and you feel better. I think also finding friends either in real life or virtually in terms of social media is really good. People that can kind of cheer you on and you say, oh, I just did this. I did week one of Couch to 5K. When I would put that on Instagram, people were like, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and I'd run for a few lampposts. But you just feel so much better. So having that support um joining something like 261 for me has been great because i just feed off all that energy and and seeing women if you if i go on the hashtag and i see women all over the world doing amazing things and i'm like oh my god i'm part of this Mm. that that makes you feel like you're not alone even though generally i'm running alone around around my village at night in the fog then actually you feel like you're part of something bigger and also i think um celebrating every little victory um, and literally saying to yourself, wow, I did that. So often we're giving, as, as mothers and sisters and daughters and colleagues and friends, we're giving praise, we're cheerleading every single person on in our lives. I mean, I know I do it all the time. Wow, you did that. That's so great. But we very often overlook cheerleading ourselves. And actually celebrating each little step along the way is um is part of that, not waiting until we've run a marathon to pat ourselves on the back, but just to say, hey, I ran for 20 minutes today and I feel better, well done. I'm not saying we break out the champagne with every 20-minute run, <laughs> all the chocolate in my case, but, yeah, just celebrate it quietly and give yourself a pack on the back. So, But it's the first step, that very first step is is really the key. What do you think is the best way for women to support other women to become fearless? Oh, other than being themselves, I think being part of different communities like you do with your running club, you know, I see that on a Friday. I almost look forward to those pictures that you show on, mm. on Instagram and just seeing the faces and seeing the pictures of women that look like you. Because so often in the media, so often in sport, everybody looks a very specific way. And I don't look like that. You know, I don't look. I'm not 20, I'm not, you know, lithe and have lots of abs and whatever, whatever. But that's the image that's portrayed. And I think actually sharing photographs of people that look like just the regular people that you see in the street gives people that encouragement and and, and diversifying the image of what um, a a sporty person is and breaking down the stereotypes that you have to look a certain way or you have to dress a certain way um it enables people to say gosh she looks a bit like me wow i could do that mm-hmm. and and then encouraging other people and i think sometimes people think social media is just like people showing off and it's so much more than that it's it's saying look at look at me i i did that and i don't look like the pictures on the posters but i still did it and people go quietly oh my gosh maybe i could do that too yeah, it's very powerful, isn't it? Very mm-hmm. powerful. Is there somebody you admire 
uh, a woman you admire for her fearlessness and courage? Oh gosh, so many, so many, so many. Um, I admire, I admire you very much. I admire Catherine. I think Catherine is, uh, Catherine Switzer is, is amazing. I, when you first started talking about 261, it was just like, it just rang a bell. It, it, I, I just went, I've heard of this woman. And I was in the States. I was in the States after Catherine did what she did at the Boston Marathon. But I think I must have just absorbed a history of who she was. And, and when I saw you talk about 261 and bringing it to the UK, I was like, I recognize that woman. How do I recognize it? It just sort of rang a bell in my head. And um, so I hugely rec- um, admire what she does. Um, amazing. I admire swimmer like Diana Nyad, who swam from Cuba to Florida in her 60s. Um, I admire writers like Anna Kessel, who wrote a book called Eat Sweat Play, mm-hmm. talking about what sport can do and unpacking all the different things where you think, oh, God, I thought that was just me that really didn't like PE lessons. I thought everybody else loved them. Um, I admire a friend of mine called Alex Rotas, who um, takes photographs of older sportsmen and women. But then I also admire my friends, just who on a daily basis, you know, get up and face all the challenges that they face, raising children, looking after parents, starting businesses, dealing with illnesses, just who on a everyday basis show up in the face of adversity and contribute to life. So, yeah, from sort of names to the people around me, that I'm inspired every day, if I'm honest. Yeah, I can see inspiration really almost every day. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so, you know, outdoor swimming, learning to run, <laughs> winter, uh, what, um, getting your lifeguard qualification. You are a pretty fearless woman, but is there anything that you're still afraid of? other than snakes I'm not good with snakes um I'm afraid I'm always as a mother I am afraid of things that that I can't manage you like something might happen to my sons and and all I can hope is that everything I've tried to teach them and you know they will be able to deal with their own challenges so I do worry about that um I worry what we're doing to our planet. I do worry about our oceans. When I go out, I pick up litter and, and I see that on particularly near the beach. So I do worry what we're doing to our planet. Um, but I'm hopeful too. I think that um, we're in a time of real change and people's voices are being heard and people are taking action and they're not waiting for other people to make changes. If they see something that they think needs to be rectified, people are doing things about it. So I'm a bit fearful, but I'm also very hopeful too. I think it's a really hopeful time to be alive in some respects. But then obviously I'm in a very privileged position. I appreciate that as well, that, you know, I have a roof over my head, I'm educated and I'm well. So, um, so yeah, snakes I'm not good at. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do snakes either. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, oh, it's thank been you very really, much. It's, it's been, been an honour. It's been lovely to speak to you and, and uh, thank you for sharing all of that with us thank Um, you yes thank you very much joe and we look forward to uh to seeing you in the 261 fearless network very soon thank you thank you bye 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 261 fearless voices has been brought to you by bose if you want to learn more about 261 fearless the global women's running network go to www.261fearless.org